Have you been looking for your keys to success? You have found the best place to start. We will hear from professionals on different keys to success in building huge careers in and outside the mortgage industry. These conversations that each person will share their experience will allow you to hear nuggets on finding your keys to success. I'm your host, Sue Meitner, so let's get started and grab your keys. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Grab Your Keys. I am elated today to have a friend of mine appear. Um, Holly Walters is the top one of 1% of mortgage originators in the United States. She is always the number one originator at Success Mortgage Partners. And I am tickled today to have her on our call. She has a wealth of information. I learn from her every time I speak to her. She's serving Eastern United States. So Holly, welcome to Grab Your Keys. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be your guest. So I just want to jump right into... You have so much to offer and so many things that so much greatness that we can learn from. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got into the mortgage industry. Oh, great question. Well, actually, it was by chance. Um, when I was in college, I came home in the summers and needed a job. My dad was a builder and developer of 40 something years. They had transitioned into real estate and I was at their real estate office one weekend. There was an inside mortgage professional in there. Her husband was the head of business development of a local mortgage company. And I said, I need a job. And so he was so kind to introduce me to quality control. Um, it was a very boring job, but I learned a lot. Um, so really, that's how I just kind of fell into it. I worked in quality control, of course, 25 years ago. That looked much different than it does today. Today, it's very technology-based. Back then, I was like filling out a verification of employment, calling the employer, finding out where they had worked, sending it off. Um, and so it was very tedious. It was very time-consuming, but it opened my eyes um, to an industry and really taught me the basic pr principles backwards to forwards. And that's how I fell into it. Yeah, I love that. I started in the mortgage industry as a post-closer. Pretty okay, much so you get it. Is similar quality <laughs> control, making sure that all the T's were crossed and I's were dotted. Yep. And it's still as important today as it was 30 years ago. And Absolutely. I think that it allows us to have a better understanding for our clients of what's going to be needed and setting the right expectations, which we do every day. I agree. It gives you that foundational of the basic concepts then to build from. So Right. That is how so, I fell into it. Yeah. So you've gone from quality control to what was the next step? Um, well, then um, there were, you know, of course, as you know, we work in a male dominated field. Um, so I was there when I was doing quality control. I had the behind the scenes. I had all the settlement statements of those times. And I started, I'm a numbers person. So I started doing the numbers of what some of the men around me were making. And I was like, oh my gosh, if they can do that, I can do that. At the time, I thought I wanted to go to med school. And when I quickly started analyzing their numbers, I thought, well, I could bypass med school and move into mortgage. And so I met with one of the guys that was like the head of um, like new home sales relationships. He did joint ventures. 
And that's really, you know, I talked to him. He found out my dad was in real estate. So I think he thought that I could do more than I really was capable of in the early years. I mean, I was barely, you know, 20, 21 years old. It's really hard to give people financial advice on the purchase of their largest asset when they tell you that you remind them of their youngest child. Right. Um, so originally I moved from that. I was like the receptionist of his office for a very short period of time. I did processing and then I moved into originating. Um, I stayed with him about a year. And then when um, I found out I was pregnant with my oldest child, I went back to school. I was not going to do mortgages. I needed something that was more structured and went back to school to actually be a teacher. And during that time, coincidentally, again, I was at my mom and dad's real estate office. They owned their own real estate company at this time. And there was a mortgage broker that leased space from them. And that mortgage broker's processor had just walked out the door. He had six originators and all his own business. And you remember, I don't know if you've ever been on the broker side, but 25 years ago, you know, you did a copy page, one piece of paper at a time, you had to FedEx the package. And he and I were talking and I said, I can do that. I can process those files for you. So he opened the opportunity at that time. It was like early 2000. And I processed for him and six other guys. I was his personal assistant. Within 90 days, I was his number one originator and still process their stuff. Awesome. So that's that's a fantastic story. What and I think when you do do processing and all of that kind of stuff, I think that you have a better understanding of the file sometimes, of all files, because Absolutely. you can see so far into the future. And then I I don't know about you, but I always have plan B and plan C. Right. Already. Well, you're only as good as your processor. I mean, you can only take it so far. So absolutely. Uh, what do you believe your three keys to success are? That's an easy question. So my three keys to success are my core values, which I say honesty, integrity, and trust. Um, that's how in my early years, when I was just a one man show, that's how I treated my clients with honesty, integrity, and trust. Um, and then as I've built my team over the years, I've continued that pattern. People that work with us, whether they're referral partners or clients, they know that we're going to be honest. They know we realize the opportunity to work with them on the largest transaction in their life, or maybe it's a refinance. And then they know that they can trust us with whatever our response or our advice is. You know, in the refinance boom a couple of years ago, my team would laugh because they would be like, oh, my goodness, you just talked another person out of refinancing. And I was like, I didn't talk them out of refinancing. Right. I educated them on the details behind what they were considering. And if it didn't make sense, then it didn't make sense. Yes, I could have you know, talk to them into doing that, but that doesn't align with my three core values and what this business has been built upon. Um, so that's how we've done it. So honesty, integrity, and trust. Uh, how did you determine that those, I mean, there's so many great core values out there. Right. How did you like really hone in and decide that those three among all others were your core core values? And then how do you filter that through making sure that your team understands and portrays those core values every day? Okay, that's a long question. So bear that. with me. As long question. So how did you <laughs> determine those out of right. the 70 that, you know, of core values that lots of people have? Right. 
And I, I, and you kind of went over that a little bit about honesty, integrity, and trust, but really like dig deeper on the why. Oh, I know the why. So, uh, you know, when I got back in the mortgage business in the broker world in the early 2000s, that was a result of having my oldest son, who is now 23. I was a single mom, you know, I needed to make money, but I also was in a situation where I was a young woman with a baby by herself. And so I always said from the very beginning in the mortgage industry, it was male predominant. Um, It was very salesy. I didn't feel like it was authentic. And I looked at when I was talking to clients, how would I want to be treated? I was in a situation that I wanted somebody to be honest with me. I wanted to know when they gave me an advice that they were in integrity and they were telling me what I really needed to do and that I could trust the advice that I was being given. Um, so, I mean, that was my why. My why was also, too, in doing the, that and setting my business up that way, I also wanted to represent something that my young son could be proud of in a mother. So, you know, the immediate need was I needed to make money, but also I wanted to be something that he would be proud of. And I wanted to be, you know, the type of person that when I put my head down on my pillow at night that I could sleep. Um, you know, there's been times in the mortgage mortgage industry in the early 2000s during the subprime boom. You know, I would get a lot of calls of people that were like, I need you to do the loan. And I wasn't setting them up for success. So I walked away from those deals knowing that somebody else would do them because I couldn't be in integrity knowing that I was setting them up for failure if the market moved the way it was forecasted to move. Um, You know, as far as passing that on to my team, you know, I believe that your vibe attracts your tribe. Um, I, I think everyone that works for me knows that I would never ask them to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. Um, so, you know, I think it just kind of organically flows. I mean, they know that I have their back and in return, they're going to have mine. They know that honesty is always the best script. Sometimes that may be uncomfortable Sometimes it may not be what our clients or referral partners want to hear, but if we're always honest, then we're staying true to our core values and long-term it always plays out the way it's supposed to. Right. So you went over two things. One of the reasons that I want to touch on, one of the reasons that um, you have these core values was because you were a young mom and you wanted that honesty, the integrity and the trust when you were asking for advice. How, as a young mom, and now as a mom of three beautiful boys, um, <laughs> do um, do you handle being a mom of uh, of ages from twenty three to eight? Like how how do you handle being a top producer, running a team, running a business, um, being there for everyone, and being a mom day in and day out? Some days I do it better than others. You can ask my kids. Um, Really, for the most part. And there was, I mean, if we're being full, you know, like fully honest and transparent, you know, there's been times in my life that unfortunately my older kids got the backseat. Because being that I had been a single mom and wanted to achieve to provide for a, you know, long period of time in the middle of my career, I attached my self-worth to achievement and goals. Right. So during that personal journey, I'm sure there were times that I felled my older boys. I was always there. I never missed anything, but was I fully present 
Was I saying no to the phone call? No, because if I say no to the phone call, I may not get the deal. And it was all about, you know, even though the, you know, the way I looked at it at the time, it wasn't so much about the achievement because with the achievement, I was given them more opportunity, but there was some unworthiness underneath that for me personally. Like if I don't achieve it, then I'm not worthy. So I have to do this. Um, Now I would say I'm a better mom to my younger son because I'm older, I'm wiser. I know how quickly it passes. Um, But really, I just think you take it literally one day, one moment at a time. Um, I'm really good with structure, with my morning routine, knowing that I have to take care of my health, that I have to be you know, like physically fit to be mentally present. Um, you know, so that's been the big thing for me really is always having a strong morning routine. My older boys, when they lived at home, they would laugh and I would say, you know, I don't think I'm going to get up and work out in the morning. And they would be like, oh no, please do. Because you never wake us up after a workout in a bad mood, but you make, you know, if you miss your workout and don't do the things that you need to do, then you wake us up and you're in a bad mood. Um, so that, I mean, it's really, you know, I would love to say that there's some secret sauce and if there is, please, by all means, all of you share with me, right. um, but really it's just like one moment at a time and sticking to those three core values, not only in business, but at home as well. Yeah. I love uh, that sticking to those core values at business and at home because they are truly your core values. And personally, they need to transcend amongst everything you do. Right. Uh, you touched upon uh, a couple of times being in a male dominated world and mortgage industry is very male dominated. Still yes. sales wise is very mm-hmm. male dominated. Yeah. Uh, and I've been there too. I've been in an arena, you know, in a, in a group full of people and I'm one of a handful of women. Right. Um, and that's hasn't changed. It's changed, but it hasn't changed all that much. Right from the nineties through now, uh, how do you think, how have you fared? And I mean, obviously you've fared amazingly, but what has allowed you to excel in this male dominated, dominated world? And how has being in a male dominated world affected you? Well, you know, I think as women, we do it differently. I don't think that it that, that one's better than the other. I just think that we do it differently. Um, you know, early in my career, when I would meet these men that were like great salespeople and very well scripted, while I admire them and I still, you know, are in coaching groups and realms with a lot of them, that's just not how I am. For me, when I show up to a conversation, I would really want to listen to what you're asking me and be authentic. And if I'm scripted, then that really... battles up against my honesty, integrity, and trust. Because if I already know what I'm going to say, I'm not really being honest because I have a planned agenda. So I think the reason that I've been able to be successful is one, um, I didn't feel like not being successful was ever an option. Like Losing's never been an option. Um, I don't have to be the best, but I want to be one of the best. And then two, I just you know, approach my clients and customers with humility and really a true desire just to help. Again, you know, my team and I always say we don't sell, we educate. Right. Like we're, you know, the beauty of it is when we get to educate and help people, there's a transaction that takes place, but that's not the goal. The goal is to change their life. The goal is to give them the tools and resources to improve their life. Um, You know, because we've all got phases of life. I didn't start out with where I am now. 
You know, I mean, I had to work hard. Um, As far as how did I do that, you know, in a male dominated world? I mean, I'm very systems oriented. I think I've, you know, everything for me is like, you know, what is the mortgage process? What every year it's, where did we excel? Where did we fail? Let's take it apart and let's improve it. I don't know that men, I'm not saying that men don't do that. I'm sure they do. Um, I just see things a little bit differently. Um, I do always kid. And I know I'm sure you've been in realms, like you said, where you're one of a handful of women in a male dominated environment. And I'm like, man, if I just, you know, like you have, in most situations, you have a partner or a wife that does all the things that I do. Right. Plus, I do your job too. Right. Right. <laughs> so you only have that wife. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like right. if I had me, gosh, what could I do? No yeah. one after my husband watches this. No, no, smart. absolutely. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. So um, I don't know. I think that just as women, we see it a little differently. And I think that there's, um, you know, something about that attractive to people out there that really want a relationship in the transaction. Right. Um, You know, I know your business and my business is really about the relationship and facilitating how we can help. We're not a call center model Um, where, you know, those models excel too. It just depends on what people want. And I, again, going back to your vibe attracts your tribe. We really want to attract people that we can really help and make a difference. Absolutely. And I think that one of the reasons that you're able to do that so successfully is because you're able to empathize. You're able to empathize with, you know, having children, having no money, single money, <laughs> having no, no, credit. no, yeah. And I think that um, understanding where people are coming from and then being able to show them a path to right. home ownership, especially that first time home buyer who is going to realize that wealth that they're gaining in equity and educating them on that is just amazing. And when they come back to you to buy that second house and you see that those kids are older now and you get to talk to them about that. And then what I think is so amazing and it's really showing my age is that when my borrower's kids right. are mortgages from me, like that's the greatest compliment right. when you're handing your kids over to the mortgage person to help with a mortgage, who's going to really help them with the biggest transaction of their life. That's amazing. Right. Absolutely. Like I said, early in my career, I mean, I did a lot, you know, my, my thing was always your past doesn't define your future. You know, like if I pulled a credit report and there was a lot of bad credit on there, fine, you know, let's fix it. And like really encouraging people not to let that prevent them from creating the future life that they want. Absolutely. We've all got a past. We've all made mistakes, but that doesn't define who we are and helping people see that has been a big part of the mission as well. Absolutely. You touched upon coaching. Um, How important do you feel it is for anyone in sales or anyone in the mortgage industry to have um, a coach or a coaching team? I feel like it's super important. And I don't think you just need one coach. Maybe you need multiple coaches um, and different approaches. You know, I mean, I have a fantastic coach that is a male and there's certain things that he can tell me and, you know, hold my feet to the fire and there's no BS. you got to do it. And then I have women coaches like life coaches and then also women business coaches. Um, so I think coaching is a huge part. Um, coaching, you know, for me, calls me out when I'm telling myself a story that may or may not be true. 
it holds me accountable and it also pushes me to higher standards. Um, you know, in coaching right now, a lot of, you know, like I mentioned earlier, what I find myself working at, looking at and working on is, you know, the achievement's great, but if the achievement isn't fulfilling, what am I missing? And making sure that the achievement is for the right reasons. Um, and I think that you can't explore all those different things if you're so caught in your own mind and don't have somebody giving you a different perspective. Right. And they also give you permission a lot of the time to pivot when it's not working. Right. And sometimes you have to know when it, when it's time to pivot instead of doing the same thing over and over again, even though it's getting the right results, you have to see in the future in order to um, really be successful in any sales or any sales business or any business that you're running, because you really are the CEO of Holly Inc. For right. sure. Right. Um, who do you admire, Holly? There's lots of people that I admire. Mm-hmm. Um, the person that I admire most is my mom. And not just because she's my mom, but my mom is infectious. Mm-hmm. If you ever meet her, she never meets a stranger. She loves everybody. She worked at my office with me for a year. She came out of retirement and then retired again this past June. But she's just infectious. People are drawn to her. Um because she's just always happy. Like if she ever has a bad day, I'll be like, what is wrong with you? And um, even though she's super annoying sometimes when she's always in a good mood and I'm not, um, but I really admire her now on a, you know, bigger scale, you know, if there's like a celebrity or somebody who do I admire? Um, I also admire Mel Robbins. And the reason I admire her is just because for her willingness to be herself, no matter the situation. Like, I love that she'll show up on a call with no makeup and, you know, she'll use her profanity. You know, she just is who she is, um, and it, which is a lot of what resembles how I love my mom. My mom is just so infectious, but she would never show up anywhere without makeup. But Right. No. I wanted to do this call in a ponytail and my workout clothes this morning. I would have totally done I just it. wanted to let you know, Holly, that I took a shower, washed my hair, put makeup on. Got I was hoping last night you would say it wasn't on camera, so I didn't have to. Yeah, it was <laughs> a Friday. I was like, Friday's casual day. Now I have to get dressed up. Who booked No, we shouldn't, have. we shouldn't have. <laughs> I actually almost texted you and was like, hey, let's be casual today. I wish and you would have. I, I if I would have thought of it fast enough, I think I wasn't. I was in the shower washing my hair. I was like, oh, I should have just, Holly was one of these people. I definitely could have been like, hey, ponytail and workout clothes. And you would have been like, I'm digging on that. Please, all the women out there hear that. Like, let's rock our jobs and our workout clothes. It's so much more fun. And, you know, I have, I did that uh, video every, videoing something every day in September. I was bound and determined that I was going to put something up every day and, one day I was just so busy and I came to work in my workout clothes just because I didn't get a chance to, right. you know, pull myself together. And um, I at five o'clock, you know, I had to do a video right. and I just did it. And I have to say it probably had the most views. And I think it's because women want to see other women just be real and authentic. Right. And the authenticity in the world today is lacking. Right. And especially with Facebook and Instagram and, you know, all the things that I preach to do, I think that your authenticity really needs to shine through. And you do that on all. I do believe you do that, Holly, on all forms of your social media. I love watching 
you grow on social media and everything that you do with you and your team. I think it's absolutely amazing. And the education piece on social media that you give others is, is number one, in my opinion. Well, we're just trying to keep up with you, girl. Thank you so much. I'm like, God, I got to pull my crap together. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. You've just inspired me to do more of these in workout clothes. Yeah, so I, I know, ladies. Yeah. I think that's, you know, I think that's yeah. what we need to go to. I think. I mean, I like getting dressed up with the best of them, but I don't see anything wrong with workout clothes. Yeah. So you said <laughs> that you might have been in the medical profession. You said that you went back to school for being a teacher. Yeah. Like, if you had to do it all over again, like, what profession and career would you be? What would you do? Ooh, that is a great question. You know, I think, I don't think I know, like doing mortgages as I age is always to save enough money to establish what's called Holly's Haven. Right. And what that'll be, it'll be for um, women and children coming from abusive situations to provide them the tools and resources to get back on their feet and to really inspire them to see that there's a better way that they don't have to stay Um, I was in a relationship in my early 20s that was abusive and could have went really bad. I had a great family and a support network Um, and going through that situation on a personal level and seeing how it was handled in the court system is comical. And I've always said that I'm super passionate about that, you know, hopefully sooner than later, I'll have enough money and the funds and resources to really empower women to know that they don't have to stay, that they have choices. Um, and that we're really, we're better when we come together. You know, I think as women, we don't do a really good job at supporting each other as we should, you know, we were more in competition with each other than loving on each other. Um, but that's really, the, that's my long-term mission. So if I had to go back, I mean, mortgages has been great to me. I love it. I've met so many wonderful people. I have a wonderful team. We work for the best company in the world, as you know, Um, but looking forward, I want to use the finances in this foundation to really make some impression and change in this world. I love that. And you know, I'll be right there for you when you do that. Thank Uh, you. Cheering on Holly's Haven. I totally agree with you with regards to women in mortgage. I have always tried to empower women to be the best that they can possibly be in every situation. I know you do the same thing. Uh, the ladies in lending is an amazing uh, platform for that because we want everyone in mortgage and actually any successful woman at all really to be able to wrap our arms around them to be as successful as they can be for them. And it is hard. I mean, I'm not saying that it's harder than for anyone, any male or female, but I do think that it is hard to be a mom and be present and, you know, get the homework done and make sure the house is clean and make sure the wash is done and putting dinner on the table and getting the kids to school. And I mean, I have, I'm an empty nester now. And I don't even know when I look back on those years, I don't even know how we survive. Right. I mean, you're in survival mode. I right. don't even know how I, you know, made it through because in my house was truly a three ring circus. Right. And maybe a five ring circus at times. <laughs> so. I started over, so I'm still in the three ring circus. There's yeah, so, absolutely. Instead of three. Yeah, absolutely. So what's in the future for Holly besides Holly's Haven? Holly's Haven, my team and I are getting back fat focused on our goals next year. And then also I really would love to be like a um safe space for other women 
you know, my goal for 2024 is to be more authentic and to share not only the good, but the bad and the ugly, mm -hmm. because be then it gives, yeah, it gives permission to our peers to see that there's possibilities. Um, I think, like I mentioned earlier, when you attach your self-worth so long to like a number or an achievement or having to be something based on what you think others need you to be. Right. There comes a time in your life. I think midlife is the time to kind of really look at your life and say, okay, like I got here. Was it worth it? Yes. But now how do I, instead of, you know, working to make a living, live to make a life. Right. And then give others permission to do so in the process. So that's really what 2024 is for me, just a continuation of self-discovery. And in that self-discovery, how can I use it to help others? That's amazing. And Ali, I am so thankful that you were on this podcast today. I'm so blessed to have you as a friend and peer that I've gotten to know so well over the last five years. I know that my life is better because of you. And oh, I know that you, you really help so many people and it's from your heart every single day. And um, I hope that I know that everyone who works with you knows um, that they're getting everything because they're getting the best of you. Well, I hope so. And my goal for, like I said, for 2024 is to do that tenfold. Yeah. I want to do an even better job of that. So thank you. Absolutely. So we're going to have for everyone how they can get in touch with Holly and her team below. And if you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend, a colleague in the mortgage industry, or someone looking for a mortgage. And we would love to help you on your mortgage journey. And once again, we have great people coming up. We are already packed through the rest of the year, but thank you so much, everyone, for listening to Grab Your Keys. Have a great day. Thank you.